thank you for joining me on the fintech podcast today we have got another exciting guest for you we've got simon who i will let him introduce himself in a moment um but he is the ceo from funding options uh before we do kick off the conversation today simon how are you doing i'm very good thank you thank you for inviting me on that's a pleasure i think you know at the moment you know we've actually just not long hit you know it being a year on uh with the uh, first lockdown so it's quite exciting to have our work from home offices to have this conversation today obviously when uh, this does come out you know we, we don't know it might be a little bit different you know we might be back in the office who knows uh that is a big question which we're having but actually how are you finding it at the moment um you know with how the last year has been in regards to working from home and everything that's come you know with the mix of that yeah i think like everybody it's uh probably probably had some positives and negatives i think today actually is the anniversary of when we first went into lockdown i was mm. reading on bbc so uh, a full year is quite quite incredible to think of it um we as a company we moved quite seamlessly into working from home so we were fortunate to be relatively digital native uh, if i can call it that um so the transition to everybody moving back home and uh, working from laptops, et cetera, et cetera, was, was relatively smooth. Obviously, we had to sort out the physical equipment side of things to a certain extent. Um, but it's great. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an optimist, so I always look for the, um, uh, for the upsides in things. And I think having the ability to spend more time with family, less time traveling, those are clear upsides. Uh, doing more sport, et cetera, not having so many cars on the roads, I think if you're a cyclist, it's probably been Nirvana to to an extent. Yeah, I was uh, going to say you've had the advantage there, haven't you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But at the same time, uh, you know, missing your colleagues, having that camaraderie, having the atmosphere. I think that's been the toughest thing uh, really about the last year from a work perspective. And then I think of a lot of colleagues who have had mental challenges. I think this is probably the biggest uh, development really to come out of the last year. It's not easy um for everybody to cope with a lockdown situation and everybody has a different nuance a different interpretation different needs um and so from that extent i think it's been quite challenging but as ever you know the human spirit will shine through and we will we will come through it and out the other side definitely i think from what you've just said there you know as a thought on the whole pandemic as you can see already, my dog is appearing in the background, which is fabulous. Um, loves to make an entrance. Um, so um, no, as you've just said, Simon, obviously, in regards to the last year, you know, if you are an optimist on that side of things, then of course, moving forward with the whole adaption side of things, try and make it work in your favor, whether that's on yeah. the work side of things, you know, personally, like you said, more time with family, different routine of things, you know, it all kind of plays well, you know, into the factor of uh, moving forward. Um, one thing I suppose, obviously, just to have it as a little bit of an introduction, so some of our listeners can get more of an indication of who you are. Um, could you just for a moment um, introduce yourself a little bit? You know, obviously, I've mentioned you're the CEO of Funding Options. Mm -hmm. But with that, Simon, could you um, just talk about what Funding Options do? Um, and I suppose, you know, from that extent, you can then talk about how you differentiate from competitors. Um, and then obviously, what problems um, you're trying to solve at the moment? Yeah, so let's start with the last part, because that will probably give people a, um, a good lead in as to why we exist. So we are, uh, we're a fintech aggregator, some people like to call us that we, we are a platform. So we have a vision to be the leading platform for SME finance. 
if you think of the problems within the SME finance sector, and again, just think about you know those those businesses that we love to see when we go out at the weekend or or of an evening, and and you see all these cool little businesses that are around. Um, if you think about the problems that they face, in particular, again, you know, even before the pandemic, but a lot a lot of the uh, the focus has been on the pandemic period for the last year. The problems they face. So there's really two key things as we see it. Number one is a lack of knowledge mm. of their funding options. And number two, there is an inherent fragmentation within the SME finance sector, not just within the UK, but pretty much in any market where you find uh, uh, small businesses. Um, and what I, what I mean by fragmentation, so you're a business, you're looking for funding, a lot of business owners, they don't know where to start. They're time poor. They haven't had a chance to research. So invariably, they will go to the one place where we all go for everything these days. We go onto Google and you search mm -hmm. business loans. And when you do that and hit send, uh, you will get back hundreds of different uh, prospective parties that are offering you some kind of uh, something in relation to business finance. So all of the individual lenders, and there are hundreds across the UK, ranging from the incumbent big banks to the NEOs, to the challengers, all of the alternative uh, finance providers or alternative lenders. Then you have your comparison websites, then you have traditional brokers, then you have platforms, other fintech ecosystem players. So there are hundreds. And which one do you choose? Right. Again, your time mm -hmm. poor, you don't really know what your options are or should be. That is where funding options comes in. So quite simply, what we do is if you come to funding options, we give you as a business owner a holistic view of your funding options from across the market, from across a very broad spread of lenders. And we can do that pretty much in real time. And we can actually present you with real time offers uh, at the point you've completed effectively your application for finance. And that saves businesses an incredible amount of time. We also seek to try to educate businesses. So even if somebody doesn't come to us uh, looking for finance necessarily, they just want to understand what's out there. We have uh, uh, an, an incredible array of um, knowledge-based material on all of the different types of products and the different types of providers on our website uh, for businesses to, uh, to plunder uh, to their heart's content. So that's really where we come in. And again, our vision is to be the leading platform for SME finance. So we're constantly refining, we're constantly uh, improving our offering and the services that we can present to, to business customers. Well, I mean, that sounds great. I think, you know, the outline you've just given me there in regards to how you um, support businesses and obviously then it coincides with consumers. It's really a whole, like you said, it's a holistic approach on that side of things where you're really supporting a business, um, whether it's with the education side, you know, in any other factors which are included. I think this sounds great. You know, I think today, obviously, we know uh, the different topics we're going to be talking about, but I think just for our listeners, um, that's a great, you know, outline for them. So thank you. Um, so I think obviously with today, we're really going to be talking about a bit of everything. You know, we mentioned before, obviously, um, it now hitting a year since the first lockdown. So COVID is going to be one factor of this conversation. Um, but I think for um, that really moving into my next question for you, actually, um, Simon, how has funding options, I suppose, adapted to the challenges of the pandemic? And with that, I'd like you to draw on the thought of what lessons have you learned personally um, and actually from a business perspective as well? Yeah, so um, more great questions. I think in terms of 
let me talk a little bit, and I don't necessarily like using the word, but let's talk a little bit about the journey that, that we've been on as funding options and maybe you know, I can draw some uh, some parallels from a personal perspective. But if we look at the journey we've been on since the first lockdown, the biggest single challenge that, that most people had is that, you know, this is this is something that we'd never seen before. There was no reference point for anybody. Mm. For us to offer our service, we need demand from businesses and then you need supply from the lender community. And that's if you keep it obviously strictly uh, uh, in relation to the, the finance uh, that the, the businesses are looking for. So what happened in the immediate aftermath of the first uh, lockdown? So let's talk about Q2 last year. We had stratospheric demand. So again, businesses, essentially a lot of them were actually in panic mode and there was this huge surge in demand. So we had billions of pounds uh, going through our platform uh, in April in particular, and then in, um, uh, in May as well, but to a lesser extent. So just, just to give you an idea of the scale of what we see at funding options, we saw more than 15 billion pounds of cumulative, cumulative value of loan applications through our platform last year, which is really quite considerable. Mm. Um, and, and a large chunk of that went through uh, in Q2, but actually demand remained very, very high throughout the year. But there was no reference point for the lenders. So we saw the lender community to an extent again in disarray. So a number of lenders pulled out of the market in particular. Uh, very unfortunately, one or two lenders actually fell over. As a result, uh, we saw pretty much every lender very significantly changing their risk appetite. And so uh, we just simply could not satisfy the demand with the supply. So a couple of things from a decision-making perspective, uh, myself and the, the rest of the executive team, we made a very purposeful decision that this was a unique, call it an opportunity, but it was a moment whereby we needed to change tack. And so we uh, made the very conscious decision to invest heavily in our technology development, in our data development, in our product development. So really plowing our resources into that side of the business to allow us to build something that would be uh, far improved that when we came out the other side of the pandemic, actually we'd come out of it in better shape, arguably than, than when we went in. And that actually has been the case. And I know we'll cover that off uh, uh, in due course. So that was a very, very purposeful decision. The other one was that we would absolutely stand side by side with businesses and really strive to find the supply that could meet the demand. And there were two elements to that. So um, in late April, I believe, or in mid-April, we had the government announcements of the schemes that they were going to put in place to help SMEs. Um, there have been lots of perspectives that have been shared uh, in the media, online, various different podcasts around you know, what was good about those, what was bad about those. Suffice to say, from our perspective, they have helped. I think Bibbles is a very particular, was a very particular scheme. It's now almost up, um, but it served a purpose in terms of deploying capital, but we weren't major fans of it uh, as funding options in terms of the scheme itself, uh, because it, it deprived the alternative lender community of uh, a large amount of, of, of demand that they could potentially have satisfied. Sybils, we worked with a, num a large number of lenders on the Sybil scheme. So the civil scheme, uh, coronavirus business interruption loan scheme was very, very useful. And so what we did is we had our commercial team and our sales teams really focused around dynamically managing our lender panel. 
And what I mean by that is um, we brought on new lenders. So it may sound surprising that new lenders wanted to come into the market at that time, but resilience across the board, we've seen resilience across the board, right? Mm -hmm. In relation to our lenders, in relation to businesses in particular, it's been incredibly impressive. So actually there have been a large number of new lenders that have come into the UK market, into the Dutch market. And that has allowed us to um, provide uh, the right kinds of competitive offerings, the right kinds of uh, uh, finance solutions for our businesses all the way through. So when you, when you go from Q2, the immediate aftermath of the first lockdown, then into Q3 and Q4, again, our lender panel, the, the, the dynamic of our lender panel changed significantly. And we actually saw some real success in delivering finance into the UK economy. So much so that actually Q4 was our record quarter ever in terms of cumulative lending into mm. the UK and the Dutch economies, which is incredible during a pandemic. And I believe we are potentially on for another record again this quarter. So it just speaks mm. to the effort really across the entire team to make the best use of what we had at our disposal and to really, really stand uh, side by side with businesses trying to help them. So that's quite a long-winded answer. Apologies uh, to everybody listening, but but that's the journey that we've been on as funding options. Mm. And uh, you know we are on the cusp of releasing a wholly new version of our platform, which I can give you a bit of a scoop on, Charlotte, which is great. Lovely. <laughs> we're going to be launching the funding cloud, as we've called it, and we're going mm. to be launching that within the coming weeks. But let me park that one for now. Okay. And, and in terms of in terms of you know, what I've learned part personally and what we've learned maybe as a, as a team, as an executive team and as a broader team. I mean, for me in this lockdown, um, everybody is pulled together. It is about the team ethic and the team ethos and, and communication is absolutely critical. Having those ongoing touch points with your, with your staff. So we, we get together, get, sorry, get together every single week. Uh, and that's been fantastic. So we, you know, we share a few laughs, we share uh, a number of uh, different sort of stories, you know, professional and, and, and otherwise. And uh, we just make sure that we, we're trying to bring the whole team um, along with us and getting everybody involved and caring about what it is that we do. And, and you and I were talking before we pressed record on the podcast, um, but there are a number of people that have joined the team that we, you know, you've never met them physically. Uh, yeah, in fact, a number of people you've hardly ever seen even on, on video calls because maybe they're doing something different to what you and I might do on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So when we all finally do go back into the office, it will be quite strange. I do wonder, <laughs> I do wonder how much work will be done because it'll be like, you know, kids in sweet shops just uh, wanting to mm -hmm. talk to everybody. But yeah, anyway, the, the, the journey that we've been on as a business, I think is far more interesting than, than, than mine personally. I think with what you've just said there, you know, touching on the personal side of things, you know, from that perspective, actually, you know, we talked, you know, before the recording, like you said, you know, actually just the side of when we are going to see, you know, fellow colleagues or new colleagues in the office, and it is going to be sort of like a very much a restart, you know, it's going to be a sort of a not an e-meet it's going to be an actual in-person, you know, meet, let's have an introduction again, because you know, the conversation of having this online, whether it's everything's virtually is very different to that human interaction, which of course a significant amount of workers who have been working from home have missed that. 
um, which is only natural, you know, obviously being at home, you don't necessarily get uh, the same office vibes, uh, if we call it that, from being at home, you know, it's everything down to the banter, the conversation, the flow of everything at work is so much more fun when you're in there. Um, so I think, yeah, that's definitely one which a lot of businesses can appreciate, you know, whether they are fintech uh, like yourself, or just, you know, hospitality, everyone is going to have that excitement going back into the office. And, you know, it's great to hear that obviously, your company focuses on the well-being side of things when it comes to your employees as well. Um, because you know we, we are a year into this and i think at points you have that feeling where it's sort of assumed or taken for granted that everyone is doing okay at home and i think you know it's interesting to see actually how companies are now double checking you know seeing yeah. how um, employees are doing and i think what, what you've just explained is a great example you know that you're able to have a time once a week to have anecdotes talk about stuff you know and really sort of have um that coming down to the week feeling you know that i'm sure you used to get in the office where actually it was you know the weekend feeling you could slowly sort of switch off from work or try and switch off you know but um no that, that's great and no it wasn't a lengthy answer i think with what you've talked about you know a lot of our listeners will appreciate that simon so <laughs> i think that's that's fine by me <laughs> um so I suppose, um, you know, with what you've just talked about, obviously great for you to talk about how you've actually adapted to the challenges from the pandemic and, you know, fabulous to hear in, in regards to the different quarters, you know, especially with quarter four, you know, a lot of fintech companies are showing how they've proven success, um, you know, and really worked on it through each quarter to see actually what we can do to do better, you know, and how it's actually paid off. Um, so I suppose for my next point for you, um, more generally, obviously, what lessons, you know, could you explain in a few words, can the fintech sector take from the events of the past year? Um, so I suppose this is something which, you know, you've talked mm -hmm. about um, a bit already, but in more general terms, is there anything else that you would see as lessons um, that can be taken? I think community has become increasingly important to the fintech sector. So one of the things I've really enjoyed actually is is feeling part of that community. So obviously, you know, me representing funding options, but representing the broader fintech community. So it's making sure that, um, you know, we are keeping in touch with our peers from across the industry, engaging in the various different forums. I mean, being online, so all of the virtual events and things has made it quite easy, I, I would think, um, mm. on reflection for us to, to remain engaged. Um, but I think actually you, you do need to make an effort uh, and just checking in on your peers, seeing if they're okay. You know, you, whether, you, whether you view some of your peers as competitors or otherwise, they are part of a community. Um, and, you know, we have a great relationship with, with, I have a great relationship with all of my peers. Um, and so I think, I think that sense of community and really, really joining into that is something that the FinTech community has, has learned. We've also had, uh, and, and certainly don't want to distract too much in terms of the discussion that we're having now, but, but we've also had some reflections, I guess, in terms of how we are viewed as a community by the government. Mm. I think it's fair to call out that there have been some challenges in relation to that. And so some of the immediate uh, responses by the government to uh, the pandemic, they did favour the incumbent big banks. I think, you know, there's no two ways about it. And actually, even a year on, mm. not a lot has changed, in essence. And there's really one area that I'm that, that I'm calling out here, and that is uh, access to funding 
for the alternative lender community versus that of the banks, which have access to the term funding scheme. Essentially, the alternative lender community's ability to lend um, is compromised because of this unlevel playing field. Um, so I think that's something that we've noted. So there are still some fissures mm. uh, that, that remain within, uh, you know, the fintech um, space, or maybe between the fintech space and, and, and government. The government hasn't quite got to grips with it. So uh, notwithstanding the fact that for years, the UK fintech community has been lauded as the best in the world, or one of the best in the world, which I agree with, mm -hmm. um, when it came to the crunch, we weren't truly embraced and brought under their wing and into the conversation. And I think that's something that we've all reflected on and, and bodies such as Innovate Finance have worked hard to try and um, uh, uh, take our cause to government to try and get that remedied. But at the moment, it's still a problem. We hope that actually that will be remedied and going forward, we can really see the might of the alternative finance sector, the fintech community coming to the fore to help um, power a resurgence in the UK economy. Because without us, I think I think that's going to be compromised. But fingers crossed, that's something you know the the, the, the right parties out there are listening, and we know they are. But as yet, nothing has uh, has tangibly changed. Um, so those would be my my sort of two key things, really. Yeah, I think with what you just said there, you know, it's it all boils down to you know the communication and the community uh, the community with what you've mentioned actually from a fintech standpoint you know it's great seeing how in the last year um certain fintech companies have survived and thrived in the situation um in regards to the pandemic but i think it shouldn't be uh pushed under the carpet how you know obviously fintech startup companies have been given support in the last year in regards to unicorn companies it's very it's an interesting one to see and i think you know we are going to see how it will probably develop in the next six to 12 months um i would like to say hopefully it will be for the better um because there's a lot of fintech companies which are still you know surviving and you know really getting through at the moment and it would be a shame to see any of them kind of uh go backwards um with the success that they've um, shown yeah i agree i mean it's 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 forced it's forced all of us to reflect, to pivot, to be agile, to continue to innovate. And that's not a bad thing, because I think, again, a number of companies out there will potentially look up, look back on this in future and think, actually, this was the making of us as a company. We've come mm -hmm. out of the other side of this far stronger than when we went in. And we feel, to a very large extent, at funding options that that is the case. Um, so it's been one hell of a test, right? There's no test like it. If, if you want to test the resilience of a company, of people, of an economy, of a country, this is unique. It's like actually, mm -hmm. it's akin to going to war. I think yeah. if there is a day where we can literally say or, or genuinely say it's all over, the outpouring of emotion and the outpouring of just activity and positivity, I honestly don't think this generation will have ever seen anything like it, probably since the end of the last war when there was, again, that outpouring of relief and a combination of factors. This has been, I mean, certainly in my career, the toughest test. It dwarfs uh, the global financial crisis, as it was called. You know, that, that was nothing in comparison mm. to this, uh, you know, with, with the greatest respect to 
to those that went through uh, a torrid time then. But yeah, this has been uh, truly, truly um, incredible. Absolutely. I think, you know, there was with the whole time looking back, obviously, I know we're still living through it, you know, in regards to obviously still being in lockdown and whatnot. But, you know, from this get go of this, there was no I'm very loosely saying manual, but there was no sort of because, you know, like we said, it wasn't expected, wasn't planned. And it was something which we've just had to adapt with it. Um, But I think, like you said, looking back, you know, hopefully once we hit the stage of things are kind of a better new normal obviously it'll never go back to the normal that we had but i think once we've kind of come out of the clearing and thought actually as a business as a consumer or as someone just in person thinking we actually did okay like we got through it um and yeah i think you know everything's crossed fingers crossed everything you know just to see actually how it works out but you know i think in regards to uh, funding options i would love to see where you guys are um you know in six to 12 months time um and like i said hopefully it's just even more positivity that's going to be happening uh, for you guys. Um, I'm wary, obviously, of the time that we have. I kind of wish we could talk about this, you know, from a, uh, a greater, um, you know, perception. But um, we'll move on for a moment because um, obviously I want to talk about, you know, some other things, especially um, like you mentioned before, a bit on innovation. Um, so I suppose for my next um, thought for you, Simon, you know, when it comes to innovation, uh, which emerging technology trends do you think you see dominating the financial services in the near future? Data, 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 data is, mm-hmm. uh, is, is I'm, I'm sure I'm, well, I know I'm not the only one who's saying that. So, so for us, you know, data is king. Um, and we've realized the importance of data more and more since I joined funding options uh, a couple of years ago. So open banking is an obvious one to call out, but open banking in the UK, certainly, you know, it was a fantastic um, tech innovation. It's relatively old hat these days, right? It's been around for a while. Mm. So the new uh, the new kid on the block, if you can say that, is, mm. uh, is obviously open finance and the prospect that that brings, which again opens up um, opportunities with regard to, to customer data uh, to a far greater extent. And I know there's a number of markets out there, such as Australia, that pretty much skipped open banking and went straight to, straight to open finance, which is, which is great, you know, shows, shows a level of ambition and foresight, I think, uh, which, which bodes well for that market. Again, quite simply, um, you know, data is going to underpin um, a very large amount of what we do as funding options. So being able to gain insights that allow us then to uh, improve services, improve the value for business customers, help customers at the point they need it, maybe even before they realize they need it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, these are all some, some amazing things that you can do these days. Clearly, we need to be mindful of security and protecting customer data. Um, you know, that's absolutely the forefront of, of everybody's minds as well. But, um, you know, data is going to power innovation and it's just going to power more opportunities, which for me will only improve what we can achieve as a fintech community uh, on behalf of, uh, of, of UK businesses. So we're, we're really bullish about all of the positive things that we're going to see in the coming months. I think, yeah, that's definitely one which you know said a moment ago just seeing how it's all going to plan out and data like you just said is definitely one which is going to be a key player um in regards to fintech you know um open banking and 
any bit of innovation just seems to be um, something where we're thinking, actually, this bit of innovation, we're seeing all the pros happening to it, you know, any challenges that are faced with individual companies, you know, it's nice actually seeing that process happen because it's still yeah. with any bit of innovation i'm sure you you know you see that as long as it's being attempted tried and you know if there's any challenges as long as it's trying that sounds really simple but it's yeah. just actually if you're not going to try then you're not going to know indeed you've got to put yourself out there right if you don't uh <laughs> if you're not in the game you're not going to win Exactly. Yes, I, I, I agree with that. I like that. Yeah, I think otherwise you're, you're not going to know, are you? you know? um, so I, I think um, one point, obviously, um, you know, we've talked about some of the current trends at the moment, obviously, um, great to talk about innovation there for a moment. Um, so Simon, I think, you know, um, this is where this is kind of the bit which is perfect timing for the release of this podcast. Um, I would if you've got the time, I'm sure you have. Um, if you could find some time for me now just to talk about what have you been working on at Funding Options recently? Um, and what have you got coming up in the next few months? Sure, so this is the uh, the great scoop. So let's <laughs> talk about the funding cloud that I, uh, I mentioned earlier on, just as a bit of a teaser and then parked. So the funding cloud is a completely new uh, iteration of our current platform. And we believe it will be the first of its kind globally to offer the opportunity to commoditize SME finance. One thing just to be clear on before I talk in more depth about the platform. So at Funding Options, we have quite a unique approach, I believe, to serving our customers. So I've talked a lot about data. I've talked a lot about technology and product. Um, but we have a firm commitment to what I would call a hybrid model. So that is human tech and data if I can say in perfect unison, obviously that's something we're, we're trying to refine all the time, but we're very, very committed to humans. So if you're a business owner and you're looking to borrow a hundred thousand pounds, 200,000 pounds, whatever the number it is, it's a very personal thing to you as a business owner. And who are we to insist that somebody needs to do everything digitally? And that's what we don't do at funding options. So our platform, our approach and our model, this hybrid model, it allows us to engage with customers in the way that they want to engage. So they can choose to have a digital journey or they can choose to have a hybrid digital and human journey, or they can just choose to have a manual journey, which is dealing with somebody uh, as you would normally do um, uh, in the past. And for us, that's worked uh, very, very well over time. And I think actually it differentiates us quite significantly uh, from our competitors, but it's important that we get it right. But coming back to the funding cloud, so I talked about the funding cloud um, as, as revolutionizing SME finance as we know it, as having the capability to truly commoditize SME finance. And I very much stand behind uh, that assertion. If you look at all of the platforms uh, that offer access to uh, finance solutions for businesses, everything that they do is um, they offer options which then need to be selected by the applicant. And that's an obvious thing. But what we will be doing with the funding cloud is we will be taking all of the human bias out of the matching process. So I talked very early on, I think in the podcast about um, for certainly some business owners, they have a lack of understanding of the different finance options. So if I'm presenting them, you know, digitally, here's a, 
a page of, of, of different options, how are they going to navigate that? Um, and so some of them may want to talk to a human and, and we give them that capability. But what we do is through the triage of data that we obtain in the application process, we already know which lender products are going to be potentially applicable for that business. And so we will um, send uh, an application digitally to a lender and we will retrieve an answer in real time. So that actually what happens is when the business uh, finalizes their application, we can present them with firm offers there and then. So they don't have to select one. And then if that doesn't work, maybe they come back and select another. Like you see with some platforms, we will actually present a mixture of firm offers, uh, potential offers, uh, and then there will be obviously all of the other options that they can look at as well. But they will be able to, in real time, receive offers. So the difference that I'm trying to, and I'm probably laboring the point, the difference that I'm accentuating here is, it's very much akin to when you go on to, let's say, compare the market and you're searching for car insurance. Mm -hmm. What you get is you get a long list of insurers, but they are essentially firm offers subject to very few checks. And we will be able to do the same, but for SME finance, which mm. just isn't done today. Uh, and so actually it can save businesses an incredible amount of time. We will make sure that the application for lending goes to the right lenders who can then present offers to customers. So customers will have choice. They'll have instantaneous choice and they won't necessarily have to rely on a human who is navigating, well, where do I think this application should go? So actually it's quite important throughout the process that we do take away that human bias um, and we let the machine do what it does best. Then you can bring the humans in mm. at the right time. I think, you know, from what you just said, this sounds genius already. I think actually giving the flexibility with the hybrid function and actually having the consumer think, I've got this option, you know, it's not sometimes obviously having one option with the process is great because it's, you know, very much, this is what you're offered. This is how it will work. And it's very much A to B. But I think with what you've just explained there in my thoughts, it's actually a company or funding options or the funding cloud will actually be, this is what we have tailored to offer you, which would work at your convenience to make it better because you're absolutely right. I think having that hybrid of the human side and the technology side, um, of course, you know, there are many sides with technology, especially in regards to fintech, which are worked better through, you know, computers um, and actually very much having a easy process with that. But the human element, you know, so many times, I think, especially with the last year, you know, especially when it's come to banking, you know, not having the human interaction, you know, I'm saying this is sometimes I'm quite old fashioned when it comes to banking, you know, going into a bank. Mm, yeah. talking to someone an advisor and actually having that uh connection through your banking process was my reassurance and i think having what you just explained there where you can still have the human side to actually still give business a consumer that reassurance to think this is what we can do for you i think that this sounds genius i think it will definitely be something which will prove um you know a successful opportunity that's going to work you know um I think for anyone listening already, hopefully their, you know, their ears have pricked up thinking, actually, yes, this is something which, you know, would <laughs> be uh, be great for us. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's an area that's scrutinized by many, um, but we're really committed again to, to, to innovation. And we're really committed 
to providing what we say we're going to provide. Mm-hmm. Um, there's often a lot of smoke and mirrors in claims that are made by different companies. Um, and I think funding options is uniquely placed to provide a marketplace. So we talk quite often about a marketplace. So we, we're obviously a platform, but our platform drives a two-sided marketplace, obviously businesses on one side and lenders on the other. And we feel we're uniquely placed to make that work and to truly present a marketplace. A marketplace is somewhere where you can go and you see various different products on offer at different prices. It is not, here's some things you can pursue, but you're not quite sure at what price or whether it's going to be successful or what it looks like. What we're going to be delivering with the funding cloud is that marketplace. So when you've finished your application process, we will present you with, here's a set of options, funding options. These are the prices, these are the conditions. And so you have that choice there and then. And and that is the significant difference. It's not, let's go through each one, one by one, and it maybe it will be a hit and maybe it will be a miss. And so it is a fundamental change. Again, I'm probably laboring the point because, but it may be lost by those who don't really understand what it is we're talking about. But, you know, the true definition of a marketplace is the funding cloud. Mm. Um, And that is quite a monumental leap. And we believe that it's a game changer for the businesses. We believe it's a game changer for lenders because the capability that we bring to the process for lenders, we will vastly reduce the cost of acquisition for lenders. We will vastly increase the efficiency of processing uh, for our lenders because we will be triaging applications uh, very specifically uh, to their products. And we will only be introducing uh, applications for lending that we think they have a likelihood uh, of, of, of wanting to lend. Mm. And so we are saving uh, or we're making the process much more efficient for businesses as well, because we're going to take away all of the misses and hopefully we just provide them with the hits. Mm. Um, you know, that's the desire. But again, it's going to take uh, some time. We already think we've changed the game, but it is only going to get better and better over time. And we're working with a large number of lenders to making sure, sorry, to make sure that they are integrated into the funding cloud so that again, we are offering this holistic view uh, of funding options within the funding cloud platform. Well, I think, you know, I don't think you've laid point at all. I think, you know, you've gone through it in very significant detail and it's a lot of it is very exciting, I have to say. You're just listening as someone, you know, from the outside listening in. Um, and I think a lot of our listeners today will be definitely jotting it down, um, funding uh, the funding cloud you know, moving forward. And I think it's an exciting process, uh, especially for funding options. Um, and I think, you know, this is something where you heard it here first. Anyone listening, funding cloud is one to listen out for. So, Simon, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about uh, before we uh, finish for today? No, I don't think so. I really appreciate the invite uh, on and, and, you know, hello to all of your listeners. I hope uh, hopefully that's interested you for the last half an hour. And uh, feel free to reach out to me if anyone has any questions. I'd be very happy to uh, to engage. I hope they do. I think this is one where, you know, any fintech listener that's tuning in, especially if they're one of them, you know, from a fintech company, they need to jot this down to make sure that they witness this journey that's going to take place uh, for funding options. So again, Simon, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Charlotte.